Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Hallelujah. I would like to continue the sermon from last Sunday. I put the title of the sermon last Sunday, Why Have I Been Faithful in Walking with the Lord? Uh, I may change the title a little bit in this sermon because I noticed one thing in the YouTube when I put part one and part two. People don't watch part two because they don't look at the part two. They thought they already watched that one. So I learned the psychology of people. So I need to change the title of the sermon, but actually the same sermon. Just continue to talk about why should we be faithful in walking with God until the last day of our life. We should not backslide. We should take serious about walking with the Lord every single day. We should easily repent, do the right thing, serve the Lord, living for the kingdom of God, obey the Lord. When the Lord wants something, correct something, we should repent right away. The book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 say, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You can see here that when we really live for God and seek the kingdom of God first, He is your source. He will take care of you. I listened to a testimony of a businessman. This businessman owns a fountain-making company, and he make a fountain. He was subcontracted by another landscaping company, and that landscaping company did not pay him what he did for them, $117,000. So he was so mad, he was complaining to his family, to his co-workers and to people around that this landscaping company really cheated him. But one day, the Lord spoke to him in a sermon, and he repented. The Lord spoke to him that you can be upset, but you still need to honor people because I'm a God of honor. Gossiping, talking bad about people behind the scene are not honoring. So he repented and he went to the owner of the landscaping company and said, you know, I want to come and say sorry that I talk bad about you to my family, to everyone around. I just ask you for forgiveness. I learned that I'm a Christian. I need to honor people. And please forgive me, but you still owe me $117,000. And then he say, whatever I work for you, and you see that that is the price you should pay, you just pay that price. A few days later, he got a check, $17,000. So he missed $100,000. He started to complain to God, wow, when I obey you, I repent, I honor this guy, you did not pay me back. And then two weeks later, he got a project. $2.5 million. Two more weeks later, he get another project, $7 million. And the Lord told him that, you obey me and you honor people, even though they may not pay you back, but I pay you back. Because the payback comes from heaven. Amen. If you walk with the Lord. 
He is the source of our life. Amen. So that was the first part of the sermon last Sunday. I just give you some example. The second part, the reason we want to be faithful to God is that we don't live on this earth forever. One day we're going to go to heaven, and if you are wise, you will start to store up treasures in heaven. You start to send materials up to heaven to build your mansion. The angels will keep putting material together to build a mansion for you. And when you go up to heaven, you will not be sad because you have all the rewards. As you walk with God faithfully, serve Him faithfully, build His church, do the work of God to preach the gospel. You may not be a preacher and go out preaching like Billy Graham, but the video team here who helped me record the video and put the video in the internet, and many people got saved. They also share the reward with me. People who give offering to buy the video equipment also have the reward because we're all together, not just only the preacher, but everyone get involved in preaching the gospel and building the church. Maybe you fly with me to Germany and you carry my briefcase and help me to set up the sound system. You got the same reward too because you get involved. In serving the Lord together, Colossians chapter three verses one to two. I'm reviewing right now. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. And now the sentence I want to emphasize: Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Many times we focus on our home, our garden. Our yard, our car, our refrigerator, our job, our paycheck. But God said, "Don't only focus on those things, because those things gonna be gone one day. You cannot even bring one piece of your property to heaven. You need to think about the things above. Live your life to accumulate or store up treasures in heaven." Now I'm gonna continue to preach. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, forty to forty-four. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. In this world, we have this earthly body that we are getting older, losing hair, wrinkle. That we're getting older and older every year. And but thank God, we are not going to live in this earthly body forever. We're going to have spiritual or heavenly bodies one day. Thank you, Jesus. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies. The splendor, mean the glory, the shining, the glory, the honor is one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. I'm going to talk about splendor here. The sun has one kind of splendor, and the moon another, the stars another, and stars differs from star in splendor. So the apostle Paul tried to say that the sun, the moon, the star all have Different levels of shining splendor out of them. Some have more splendor, some less splendor. Different level of splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead? The body that is sown imperishable, our body here one day will die, will pass away, go back to the dust. It is raised imperishable. One day when we raise from the dead, our body will 
be imperishable. Of we will have heavenly body. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also spiritual body. Why did I read all this scripture and discuss about living for God? This body one day gonna be gone. I will go back to the dust. Your body will go back to the dust. Your spirit and your soul will leave this body when you die. I shared yesterday in the life celebration of my sister, and I shared that I get to know God deeper and deeper now. I build my faith. I get to know Him. I have more faith in Him, and I come to the point of my life that I am not afraid of death anymore. I'm not afraid of dying anymore. Die, so what? Death is just to change the place from here to there. I have totally confidence I will be in heaven. And when we all get there, we gonna have a new heavenly bodies. Amen. You're gonna have a body that never get old. Always eighteen, twenty years old. I look at Pastor Da picture yesterday when she was eighteen, and I'm gonna see her that way when I get to heaven. We're gonna be eighteen forever. For eternity, but this is the truth. We all listen carefully. Will not have the same size of mansion. Will not have the same amount of rewards. Some of us may be just a little bag. Some of us may be a truckload of rewards. And also, we all will not have the same amount of splendor. Some of us will shine the splendor, walk in heaven like a big star. But some very little light. You goof around. You miss church. You never serve God. You complain. You just not obey God and keep sinning and keep doing bad things. Yes, you saved. You go to heaven. You have a new body, but you don't have much splendor on earth. I want to prepare myself, and you need to prepare yourself to have a new spiritual body. And whatever you live and do on earth will affect how much splendor you have in heaven for eternity. I hope that you live for God. I hope that you will live a life that one day when you get to heaven, the splendor of your heavenly bodies will be so strong. And we look at each other's eyes from New Hope International Church, and those who live and who watch in the live stream right now, we look. Wow! Look at Pastor Tyson. Who? Look like a 100 carat diamond. Wow! So much splendor on him. Do you become like that? You can do that when you live faithfully for God on this earth. Now is the time. To prepare yourself for the eternity, Amen. You are not ready to live until you are ready to die. Second Timothy chapter four verses seven to eight, the Bible says, "I have fought the good fight. We need to walk in faith. We are all pulled right and left to stop serving God, to get into the world, to enjoy the thing in the internet and games and all these things. We are pulled." But we have to fight the good fight to run the race to finish our calling and 
what God asks us to do. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. Everyone say, remain faithful. I pray that you will remain faithful. You fight a good fight of faith and you also run your race until you get to the finish line. And now the prize awaits me. Paul said because he faithfully served God, the prize or the reward awaits him. The crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Jesus will come back. And I pray that all of you, I mean, this sermon is to remind you, don't just look at the things in the world. One day, we will stand before Jesus. And if you do well in this life, He's going to put a crowd of righteousness on your head. Please, find your calling. Find your ministry. Get involved in building the church. Doing the great commission. Repent of your sin quickly. Live a holy life. Pleasing God. Because on that day, He will come back with a crowd. And I pray that you will receive beautiful crowd from the Lord Jesus Christ. The crowd of glory, the crowd of righteousness, and no one can steal those things from you. No one can destroy your mansion. No one can steal your splendor on your heavenly body. I believe that this teaching helps you to have the right mindset and have the right focus. So that's the second reason why I want to live my life faithfully toward the Lord. Amen? Let me show you a short testimony from a nine-year-old boy, and he will share about his dream. God took him to heaven and hell. Can we show that now, and can we put this in our video too? Hallelujah. In the YouTube. Okay. Hello. My name is Foss, and God came and warned me about heaven and hell. God made me see in a dream that if I didn't change, I would go to hell. So at the first part of the dream, I died. And then after that, God brought me to heaven to see what it was like. And... It was beautiful, and I cannot describe it. But there were three areas. The first area was a grassy field with animals and with joyful people. And at the second area was a town where the people there didn't have homes. And at the third area was the best area where people there had giant houses. And the, their houses, compared to some of the biggest buildings in the world, are even sometimes even bigger. I saw my dad's house there. I saw my mom's house, my nanny's house. And then God brought me to look at hell down there. And then hell was horrifying. There were worms eating people and then they they the people they die and then they come back and then they get eaten again and then these insects they tear your your flesh out 
and I also saw a fiery pit of hell, and it was even worse. It was so hot. So if you're in hell, you you are a regular person on this world. You can feel stuff too, and that and hell was also very very dark. But people in heaven, they're like it's like they have superpowers, like. They can travel anywhere they please. God gave them powers, and my house in heaven had only one wall and one bed, and I felt sad. My life has changed 'cause I pray more. It's easier for me to pray and go to care groups. Before my life is, I play video games. The whole day and watching YouTube. If I keep doing this, I will go to hell. But if I change, I can go to heaven. Thank you. This is a nine-year-old boy who did not know about hell and heaven, but what he saw is exactly what the Bible say, and he shared his testimony. We need to prepare ourselves. For heaven, amen. So that's the second reason we store up treasures in heaven: splendor, mansion, rewards, and crowd of righteousness. The third reason today, today's sermon. I hope I have enough time. The reason you and I should faithfully walk with God, because we love our family, and we love people who are under our care. I want my wife, my children, and grandchildren and great grandchildren to be blessed. I want the members of New Hope International Church to be blessed, and I want to show you the scripture. Why it's so important as you lead a family, you lead a church, you lead a group of people. All of you are leaders somewhere somehow. Believe me, you may not be pastor like me, but you're leading your family. You're leading somebody. People who are under your care. Will be affected by your lifestyle. Let's look at the scripture. I'm going to read many scripture in Exodus chapter 25 to 6. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even. Children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me, but I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. You can see that the Bible talk about generational blessing and generational cursing. When parents or mom or dad. Decide to follow God, love God, serve God. The blessing will not be only on him or her, but it will go on to the thousand generations. But if I pass a law, is goofy, playing around, cheating money, commit adultery, do bad stuff, being rebellious against God, have a bad attitude, that may affect my kids and my grandkids to the third and fourth generation. I hope that you love your children. You don't play around. You don't goof around. 
you really take serious to walk with God. You want to live a good legacy, a godly legacy or spiritual inheritance to your children. I want to read another scripture talking about generational blessing from dad to son and to grandson. In Genesis chapter 28, verses 1 to 4, So Isaac called for Jacob, blessed him and said, You must not marry any of these Canaanite women. Instead, go at once to Padanaram, to the house of your grandfather's Bedwell, and marry one of your uncle Laban's daughters. May God Almighty bless you, give you many children, and may your descendants multiply and become many nations. This is exactly the same blessing God gave to Abraham. Listen carefully. This is a sentence I want to emphasize. May God pass on to you and your descendants the blessings he promised to Abraham. May you own this land where you are now living as a foreigner. For God gave this land to Abraham. You talk about third and fourth generation here. God bless Abraham. God bless Isaac. And now Jacob. And then to the next and next and next generation. I want to encourage all of you to be mindful of people under you and around you that you take care of. Think about your children, what they're going to face in the future. Are they going to receive the blessing or they're going to receive some curse because you are sinning against the Lord? I hope that you think more of the next generation and people around you as well. Pastor Dan and I, we always think about our members. We want to make sure that our members are blessed. Our children are blessed. That's why we are so careful of how we live, how we spend our money, how we talk, everything, for the benefit of people who are under our care and our children as well. Look at how a dad or how a mom affects the children. Genesis chapter 7, verses 1 to 5. Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Can God speak to you like that? I notice that you are righteous in the 21st century. You shall take with you seven each of every clean animal, and a male and his female, to each animals that are unclean and a male and his female, also seven each of birds of the air, male and female, to keep the species alive on the face of all the earth. For after seven more days, I will cause it to rain on the earth forty days and forty nights, and I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. What I want to emphasize in this passage of Scripture is that because Noah chose to live a righteous life, he chose to walk with God, the whole household, including his daughter-in-laws, got saved from the flood. One man who faithfully walked with God can have positive impact on the children, grandchildren, the in-laws, and everyone under him. I Pray that you will be that kind of man in this generation. Psalm 25, a lot of things to learn. Psalm 25, 12 to 13. I'm the preacher who likes to read a lot of scripture. I love it. I love the scripture. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them 
the path they should choose. They, the righteous, the person who fear the Lord, not goofy against God, repent easily, not give all the excuses and this and that, but obey God. Yes, Lord, I obey you. No if and or but. They will live in prosperity and their children will inherit the land. You can see that our God is a God of generations. When a man or a woman fear God, He will not only bless him, but bless the thousand generations to come. Now why I say that I'm so careful about how I live that will impact not only my children, but the members in the church. I want to give you an example of a man, and then I'll give you an example in the Bible. There's a man named Jonathan Edward. Jonathan Edward, his dad is a preacher, and his mother's father was a preacher. This man was very faithful in serving the Lord. He feared the Lord. And some people traced the history of the offspring of Jonathan Edward, about 400 of them offspring. They found that out of these 400 offspring of children and grandchildren, 14 of them became college presidents. More than 100 of them became professor in university. And more than 100 of them became minister of the gospel, missionaries, and theological teachers. More than 100 of them became lawyers and judges. 60 of them became physicians and lawyers. And many of them have the positive impact on the industry in the U.S. Because this man, his dad and the dad of his wife, follow God. I see with my own eyes today, one of my friends, Pastor Joe and Becky Cruz, they serve the Lord, and all of their children are doing well, serving the Lord. All of them are the servants of God. I look at John Osteen, the preacher who passed away, and the mom, Dodie Osteen, his wife, who got healed from liver cancer supernaturally. And I met two of their sons, Joe Osteen and Paul Osteen. I met both of them, talked to them. And they both served the Lord. Actually, Paul quit being a doctor, I believe. He now served in the church. Both of them served the Lord. I can see with my own eyes on the stage here, Pastor Kenny came to the church when he was only a young man. He served with his wife. And now his son and daughter served the Lord. When you are faithful to God, your children shall be blessed. I want to encourage all of you. You may have business to do. You may have do many things, but you should not give excuses not to serve the Lord and build His church. And your children shall be blessed. But on the opposite way, if you are rebellious, you are doing your own things, you're going to see the negative outcome on your children and your grandchildren and people under you. Let me read scripture here. A lot of stories. You don't mind because today we have the Thanksgiving lunch so I can go on until 12.30. Second Samuel, you eat free lunch anyway. You ha- cannot run away. Second Samuel, 12, 8 to 12. So what I try to say is this. David became a king and then he was free from battle in that time. He woke up one day. He walked on the roof and he saw a beautiful woman named Bathsheba. He looked at her and sent his servant to get her and slept with her. He knows that Bathsheba married already. Her husband named Uriah, a soldier of his army. 
after he slept with her, she got pregnant. Now he is tricky. <laughs> At that time, he did not repent. He was tricky. So he called Uriah in and say, "Hey, don't have to go to the battle. Go back home." So he tried to make that baby his baby, to go back home and sleep with your wife, so that when she get pregnant, it's your baby, not my baby. He tried to hide his sin, but Uriah didn't go. He slept in front of the temple, in front of the palace, and did not go back home. So he did not sleep with his wife. Now David think, what I gonna do? His wife is pregnant with me. He called his commander and say, send Uriah to the front line, the worst area of fighting, so that he would die. It happened. Uriah went to the front line, and he was killed. And what happened after that? After David sin, murder. Adultery and lying and cheating like that and plotting bad plan to destroy this family. Second Samuel eleven twenty six to twenty seven. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. When the period of mourning was over, David sent for her and brought her to the palace, and she became one of his wife. Don't do that, okay? We will not hear this sentence in New Hope. One of his wife. We have only one wife. Okay, David sent for her and brought her to the palace, and she became one of his wife. And then she gave birth to a son. But the Lord was displeased with what David had done. Look at Second Samuel twelve, eight to twelve. Actually, their marriage is unlawful. He took the wife of another man, and committed adultery with her. I gave you your master house and his wife. And the kingdom of Israel and Judah, and if that had not been enough, I would have given you much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. From this time on, your family. Listen carefully. Number one. From this time on, your family. Do you see that the sin of a man affect his family? Will live by the sword, because you have despised me by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. This is what the law say: because of what you have done. Number two, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. Second consequences: I will give your wife third to another man before your very eyes. And he will go to bed with them in public view. You did it secretly. I will make this happen to you openly in the sight of Israel. Second Samuel twelve fourteen to fifteen again. Nevertheless, because you have shown utter contempt, David repented right away. For the Lord, by doing this, your child will die. Fourth one, number one, you see the sword in the house. Two. His son will die. Three, you're gonna see adultery happen in the house. What he did happened in his own household. And then four, one of his son gonna rebel against him. Nevertheless, because you have shown utter contempt for the Lord by doing this, your child will die. After Nathan returned to his home, the Lord sent a deadly illness to the child of David and Uriah's wife. Let me tell you a story. What happened after that? What happened? After God spoke to him through the prophet, I just want to show you 
how your behavior affect your children, your grandchildren and great grandchildren. After that, his son with Bathsheba died. Very sad. Then one of his son, Absalom. Absalom has a sister, beautiful sister. She is a virgin named Tamar. And Amnon, one of David's son of a different mom. You have many wives and many kids, and they fight each other. That's not fun. Amnon looked at her and fell in love with her seriously. He got sick because he just fell in love. But Amnon had a bad friend, his own cousin, named Jonadab. Jonadab asked him, "Why are you sad, Amnon?" "Oh, I fell in love with Absalom's sister Tamar." So Jonadab said, "I can give you the trick. Just lie in the bed, pretend that you are sick, and send a message to your dad, David. Ask David to command Tamar to come to your home, cook something in front of you." And then bring food to your room to feed you. King David did not understand the trick. He told Tamar to do that, and Tamar came, cooked, and gonna hand the food to the servant. But Amnon said, "All the servant, get out of here. Tamar, come into my bedroom and feed me." She was innocent. She did not know. She came in to his bed. He pretended to be sick, gonna give him food to eat, and he said, "You need to feed me." Suddenly, he raped her. Tama was very sad. She poured out her robe because now she is not a virgin. She put ashes in her body. She cried, put her hand on her head and her eyes, ran out of the palace, and the news went to King David. David was very angry, but he did not do anything with it. He just ignored. Don't do that. If your children commit sin, you need to correct them. You need to spank them. He did not spank. He did not discipline. Amnon, Absalom was very mad. Why you do this to my younger sister? He set up a plan to get all the brothers there, and he got Amnon drunk. When he got drunk, his servant come in, killed him, and they all ran away. All the sons of King David ran away because they were involved in that murder. You remember a while ago I read the sword will happen in your family, killing each other. Absalom rebelled against God later on, and one day, while he was become a leader of the country, because David had to run away, David could not fight with him. Absalom, the son, became the king. His servant put a tent in public, and in that tent, he had sexual relationship with King David concubines in front of everybody, according to the prophecy from Nathan. His sin impacted his children, killing, murder. Adultery. When I read this story, I have the fear of God. I don't want this to happen in my household and in this church. I want to make sure that everything will go well here. No adultery around here. Nothing bad happen in my family. I will not cheat. I will not do anything bad. Not only that. One day, Joab pulled the javelin out, three javelins, and hit into the heart of Absalom, and Absalom died. Death after death, adultery because David rebelled against God. His son died. Another story because David sinned. Solomon, after he took the position of a king, Solomon began to do the same thing. Get all the women in. He married all the foreign women and he put up all the bad things in the country. 
And what happened? I'm going to read for you. But before that, what happened? One of his brothers, who should be the king, because he's the fourth son of King David, his name is Adonijah. Adonijah should be the king instead of Solomon. Adonijah kind of let it go, but he came to Bathsheba, the wife of King David and the mother of Solomon. Are you following me? I try to tell you the story in the Bible. Adonijah came to Bathsheba and said, you know, uh, everyone knows that I should be the king, but let it go. Your son got the position. But by the way, can I ask you for a favor? Can you talk to your son, Solomon, and ask him to give Shunammite woman named Abishak to me? Let me give you a story a, bit, a little bit. Who is Abishak? Abishak in the history, she is very beautiful woman from Shunem. She was put into the palace when she was 12 years old to serve King David when he was an old, old man. She was so young, only 12. She served him, and not only that, she slept with him on the side to give him heat and vigor. In other words, she just served this man without sexual relationship. But by that time, she became a beautiful young woman. So Adonijah asked Solomon, give that woman to me to be my wife. And you know what happened? When Solomon heard that, he killed Adonijah. The sword happened in the family again. Solomon killed his own brother. Absalom killed Amnon. Sword killing because David sinned against the Lord. You can see here that the sins of the parents have big impact on the children. Let me read First King chapter 11, 6 to 13. When you hear all this sermon, are you in the fear of God? Oh, yeah, I'm in the fear of God. I don't want to sin against God. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord's completely. Please don't do this. Please don't rebel. Follow the Lord completely. As his father David has done, on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he even built a pagan tribe for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and another for Molech, the detestable god of Ammonites. Solomon built such shrines for all his foreign wives to use for burning incense and sacrificing to their gods. The Lord was very angry with Solomon, for his heart had turned away from the Lord the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. He had warned Solomon specifically about worshipping other gods, but Solomon did not listen to the Lord's command. God sent a prophet to talk to Solomon. So now the Lord said to him, Since you have not kept my covenant and have disobeyed my decrees, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants, not to one of his sons, servant. But for the sake of your father David, I will not do this while you are still alive. I will take the kingdom away from your son, and even so, I will not take away the entire kingdom. I will let him be king of one tribe for the sake of my servant David, for the sake of Jerusalem, my chosen city. Let me tell you the story after that. When the dad named Solomon sinned against the Lord, what happened? His son Rehoboam became the king and exactly followed the footsteps of his own dad, Solomon. He committed adultery. 
He increased taxes in the country like his dad to finance his luxurious lifestyle, and he did not listen to the warning of people. So ten tribes rebelled against him, and chose Jeroboam, the official of Solomon, to become the king of the northern kingdom. Ten tribes with Jeroboam. He himself, Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, has only two tribes: his tribe and Benjamin tribe in the south, called Judah. What happened after that? Rehoboam commits sin and he got killed again and again. In the southern part of Israel, the king take turn to commit sin against God, but the northern part, after Jeroboam, every single king rebel against God. Pretty bad. Ten tribes go into idolatry for the rest of the history. But the southern kingdom, the Judah, some king good, some king bad, take turn. Follow the footstep of Solomon. You can see here that when a leader rebel against God, people under that man will suffer and do bad things as well. Is it clear? Is it scary? I really take serious about following the Lord. Look at another person. First King twenty one twenty five to twenty nine. No one else so completely sold himself to what was evil in the Lord's sight as Ahab did under the influence of the, his wife Jezebel. His worst outrage was worshiping idols, just as the Amorite had done. The people whom whom the Lord had driven out from the land ahead of the Israelites. But when Ahab heard this message, he tore his clothing, dressed in burlap, and fasted. He repented. He even slept in burlap and went about in deep mourning. Then another message from the Lord came to Elijah: Do you see how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has done this, I will not do what I promised during his lifetime. It will happen. To his sons, I will destroy his dynasty. When a man commits sin, will it affect the son and daughters? How many people are dad and mom here in this room? Raise your hand up. Do you love your children? What can you do for your children besides living and inheritance, money, houses? What is more important than money? The blessing of God. Money cannot buy everything. But the spiritual blessing, the protection, righteousness, favor of God, is something you cannot buy with money, and it can flow into your children because you love the Lord, you serve the Lord with all your heart. Please, when you are facing temptation to sin, don't do like King David. Don't jump in. Stay away from sin. Repent as soon as possible. All these scriptures show us. In conclusion, when a man and a woman faithfully walk with God, serve the Lord, doing what is right, his children, grandchildren, and thousand generations shall be blessed. When a man rebel against God, problem will come into his family and his children to the third and fourth generation. If a pastor like me sin against the Lord, this church shall suffer. That's why I decide not. To sin against the Lord. Let me read a couple more scripture, and I will finish. Hosea chapter four verse nine. I have a lot of scripture here. I need to cut off. Hosea four nine, and thus it is. 
like priests, like people, because the priests are wicked, the people are too. Therefore, I will punish both priests and people for all their wicked deeds. You think God is just? If Pastor Lau sin against God, you think God gonna judge me? Yes. And the problem will go down to my children and grandchildren. If I sin against God, you think you're gonna be like me? Yes. I heard when I moved to Seattle many years ago in 1985, I heard that one church was closed down because the pastor committed adultery and started to set up a dance in the church in the evening, and that dance party. It's about exchanging wife and husband to dance with each other. I dance with another woman. Pastor Dad danced with another man, and that happened for many months. Eventually, 50% of that church have adultery, divorce everywhere, and the church collapsed. This happened in the 80s. I don't know the name of the church. This is a true story. Let me read one last passage. It's a long passage. It's a good news. You heard all this bad news about King David. Now it's a good news. Ezekiel 18:1 to 32, the whole passage. Listen carefully. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Why do you quote this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The parents have eaten sour grapes, but their children mouth pucker at the test. This scripture means when the parent sin, the generational sin will go down. Generational curse will go down to their children. Their children will be affected. It's true. Yes, it's true. But, okay, this is the answer. As surely as I live, say the sovereign Lord, I'm talking to you and to the children in this room, everyone, young people in this room. God wants to talk to you. As surely as I live, say the sovereign Lord, you will not quote this proverb anymore in Israel. For all people are mine to judge, both parents and children alike. And this is my rule. Listen carefully. This is his rule. The person who sins is the one who will die. Suppose a certain man is righteous and does what is just and right. He does not feast in the mountains before Israel's idols or worship them. He does not commit adultery or have intercourse with a woman during her menstrual period. He is a merciful creditor, not keeping the items given as security by poor debtors. He does not rob the poor, but instead give food to the hungry and provides clothes for the needy. That's what our youth group is going to do this coming Thanksgiving. He grants loans without interest. Stay away from injustice. Is honest and fair when judging others. And faithful obeys my decrees and regulations. I hope all this I read is you. Okay? You are generous. You love the poor, you help, you don't commit adultery, you obey the decrees and regulation of God. Anyone who does this thing is just and will surely live. Say the Lord, a sovereign Lord. But suppose that man has a son who grows up to be a robber. The man is good, but the son be a robber, a murderer, and refuses to do what is right. And that son does all the evil things his father would never do. He worships idols on the mountains, commits adultery, oppresses the poor and helpless. 
steals from debtors by refusing to let them redeem their security, worships idols, commit detestable sin, and lends money at excessive interest. Should such a sinful person live? No, even though his dad is a good man, he must die and must take full blame. But suppose that sinful son, in turn, has a son who sees his father wickedness and decides against that kind of life. This son refuses to worship idols on the mountains and does not commit adultery. He does not exploit the poor. But instead, is fair to debtors and does not rob them. He gives food to the hungry and provides clothes for the needy. He helps the poor. You notice that God emphasizes a lot about helping the poor. You notice that being good people, not just hey, I have money and then I enjoy my life and give tie to the church, and I can preach. I can grab the microphone and preach, 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 preach. No, relating to helping the poor as well. We love and bless the poor. Amen? Amen. He helps the poor and does not lend money at interest and obeys all my regulations and decrees. He talks again, repeatedly, again the same thing. Such a person will not die because of his father's sin. He will surely live. But the father will die for his many sins. For being cruel, robbing people, and doing what was clearly wrong among his people. What you ask? Doesn't the the child pay for the parent's sin? No. For if the child does what is just and right and keeps my decrees, that child will surely live. The person who sin is the one who will die. The child will not be punished for the parent's sin, and the parent will not be punished. For the child's sin, righteous people will be rewarded for their own righteous behavior, and wicked people will be punished for their own wickedness. But if wicked people turn away from all their sins and begin to obey my decrees and do what is just and right, they will surely live. What is the key? Repentance. Repentance. Everyone say repentance, and not die. All of their past sin will be forgotten. And they will live because of their righteous thing they have done. Do you think that I like to see wicked people die? Say the Lord, Sovereign Lord. Of course not. I want them to turn from their wicked ways and live. However, if righteous people turn from their righteousness behavior and start doing sinful things and act like other sinners, should they be allowed to live? No. Of course not. All their righteous acts will be forgotten, and they will die for their sins. Yet you say the Lord is not doing what is right. Listen to me, O people of Israel. Am I the one not doing what is right, or is it you? When righteous people turn from their righteous behavior and start doing sinful things, they will die for it. Yes, they will die because of their sinful deeds. Don't blame God, please. And if wicked people turn from their wickedness and obey the law and do what is just and right, they will save their lives. They will live because they thought it over and decided to turn from their sin. Such people will not 
die. Talk about live and die and sin and repentance. And yet the people of Israel keep saying the Lord is not doing what is right. They blame God again. <laughs> oh, people of Israel, it is you who are not doing what is right, not I. Therefore, I will judge each of you, O oh, people of Israel. Don't blame church. Don't blame your pastor. Don't blame anybody. Examine yourself and repent. According to your actions, say the sovereign Lord. Repent. Everyone say repent. And turn from your sins. Don't let them destroy you. Please, put all your rebellion behind you and find yourself a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O people of Israel? I don't want you to die. God doesn't want us to fail, to be poor, to be sick, to die. Say the sovereign Lord, turn back and leave. In conclusion, even though my ancestor came from China, they worship idols. They do all kinds of bad things. I saw with my own eyes. They worship idols. They did bad things. But because I repent and turn to God, I did not have to pay for that sin that my ancestor did. Amen? Why we talk about generational curse, I'm going to conclude here. This is a tendency. The tendency is that if I commit adultery, for example, or if I cheat money in the church, the demons of cheating will come in. And that will become the family spirits or family demons in my family. And they will follow my kids and try to take over my kids. And my children will have the same demon and they will cheat money too. And that same demon called family spirit will follow my grandchildren and they will cheat money too. That is generational curse. But even the demon follow my children if I sin against God and they repent, they come to the good church, listen to good sermon, repent, and they say, no, I'm not going to do like pass aloud, my daddy. I repent, they will be free and they shall leave. Every generation is responsible for his own action. But the problem is family spirit. The demon follow and try to destroy third and fourth generations. That's why our church believe in casting out demons. That's why our church believe in the fire, lay hand and get demon out of people. Some of us may have the curse of cancer. And we need to cast that demon out, the curse of cancer. Now you understand why I love to lay hand, why I love the fire of God, because I want to cast demon out of you, the family spirit. Amen? You see my heart now? You understand me, who know the Bible? Why I love the fire of God, why I love to cast demon out from people. Amen? But I cannot do this today. You're hungry now. You need to eat. Hallelujah. Do you learn something? In conclusion, we should walk with the Lord in obedience, helping the poor, building the church, repentant. Don't cheat God in tithe and offering. Please, please, please. Is that please in German? Bitte, is that right? Bitte. How about in Chinese? Chin? How about Japanese? Oh, that's long. Onikashima. Please, walk with God faithfully. Obey Him. You try to save a few penny by cheating God tithing, not worth it. Money cannot buy everything. Be faithful to God. Amen? I loved you. That's why I preach this to you. I know it's a strong message. 
but to live and to be blessed is to obey the Lord. Don't do like King David at that time. Don't follow Solomon's way, Ahab's way, Jeroboam's way. Follow God's way. Amen? And you will have rewards in heaven, and the Lord will take care of you. Father, we thank you so much for reminding your church how to live faithfully in obedience toward you until the last day of our life. We don't want to play game, Lord. You are so real to us. You're the just, righteous judge and God, the owner of everything. We learn from your scripture, Lord, that you will punish those who sin against you. You are the long-suffering God. You may allow us to do wrong things for a while, but eventually the judgment will come. And we don't want that judgment to go down to our children, grandchildren, and people under us, Lord. We want the blessing. We want life. Therefore, we're going to walk in the obedient way, Lord. We thank you, Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. So the